So this is the uh, closing ceremony of this International Elders Meeting, which I hear has gone very well. And it's very inspiring to me to hear this good news because they didn't always go that well. <laughs> so uh, I think the Sangha is maturing and, and uh, being able to deal with problems, issues of the Sangha, situations with much more clarity and wisdom than before as we all benefit from our life as a Samana. We, we grow in wisdom and maturity and understanding. This is a path of wisdom that we're on. And this wisdom is not the worldly wisdom. It's not about being able to make deals in the world and manipulate conditions to our own desires, but it's about understanding. Understanding Dhamma, understanding reality, knowing in a direct way, not just quoting scriptures or sages of the past. But Ajahn Chah was very much uh, uh, one who was pointing to this direct approach that seems to be very much needed at this time. A direct looking at Dhamma rather than believing in what the Buddha said or various views about Dhamma, Buddha Dhamma Sangha. We're very fortunate to have the honor of inviting uh, Tanjokun Lumpo Liam to be the Bhutan, to be the, the chairman of this uh, international elders meeting. And I want to express gratitude to him because he's a living example of wisdom and uh, inspires all of us in our lives has summoned us to develop this path and to uh, Lumpur Anik also who I trained with for many years and always had a great deal of affection and respect for him and Lumpur Jandi from uh, Thailand it's a very it's a great really wonderful to have uh, this this good relationship in this faraway country of England with the Thai Sangha in northeastern Thailand. <clears throat> because living far away, sometimes we forget and we lose our sense. Uh, we get influenced by all kinds of modern ideas and ideals <clears throat> and forget our roots. And the important thing in uh, the Buddhist teaching is reflection, being able to, to observe, to take this position of, of observing the state of mind we're in. This is a very ancient tradition, so it, it, uh, it has its form established 2,560 years ago, uh, in which uh, is a tradition that survived through all these years and that says a lot for it, not to, to uh, feel that we have to modernize it, but to, to really put it into practice. <clears throat> I didn't know how it would uh, work myself before I came to England. I have grave doubts about living as a Buddhist monk in a non-Buddhist country. I thought, 
you know, it would be very impossible to bindabat, to go collect alms food. I didn't know any Buddhists, not English, so I was putting myself in into the unknown uh, relationship. And uh, in Thailand, of course, it was was very simple because uh, it lived in in Ubon Rajatani and. People are very much informed of the Vinaya and the tradition is very much part of the culture. But over the years that I've lived in the UK, I lived here, spent 34 pansas here. Uh, I've never had any great problems with the Vinaya, with the uh, being a Samana, being a Buddhist monk in a non-Buddhist country. And that I'm very grateful for, <clears throat> because they, you see, the power of the Buddhist teaching isn't about culture, isn't about uh, political ideals or or values uh, that change from from generation to generation, but it's about getting in touch with reality, with awakening, with with developing. Uh, a life that's based on gratitude and contentment rather than on attaining, achieving, and controlling. And this was very much uh, uh, what I be began to realize was happening when I went to live with Lung Pa Chai and Wat Pa Nong Pa Po, 1967. I had various ideas about meditation, very much wanting to uh, have a lot of time to practice samadhi and not have any duties or responsibilities. I had a very kind of one-track take on on how one should practice meditation. But at Wat Pong, the, the whole training process was was enforced with the the standards of the the monastery, the the whole uh, emphasis on reflection, on the requisites, on on uh, working together, on working in harmony. And as I said before, Ajahn Chah's emphasis was on this, this working together. Uh, many The Sangha working as, as a Sangha rather than a, a group of individuals doing their, what they want to do. And <clears throat> I'm from a background that, that that emphasized individuality in the American context that I grew up in. The whole emphasis was on on the ego, developing the ego, the sense of self-importance and self-assertion, and and doing what you want to do without limitations from others and conformity. And that was considered I considered when I was young a kind of fault, something that I didn't want to to do. I wanted identified as a nonconformist. And that, of course, was coming to live in Thailand, in Wat Ba Pong, it was about absolute conformity. So going from, from one extreme, a kind of free life, idealistic, free life, uh, devil may care type of existence in California to to uh, a very uh, meditative, quiet, subdued life, uh, lacking in sensual distraction. 
and conforming to uh, a tradition that was established 2,500 years long ago. That's the two in American, that's a long time ago. <laughs> it's not so long ago, but it, this is cultural conditioning. And, uh, but on reflection, you know, I've realized the, the years that I spent training were very important years to, to, to observe, to, um, to learn how to conform, not just out of fear and blind stupidity, but out of mindfulness and wisdom, using the, uh, the developing the wisdom faculty to, to see what I'm doing to see the resistance or the, the fear or fears of what others think or the, the uh, rebelliousness that might be involved in conformity or just blind conformity because I'm told to do it, I obey. The whole point of our Vinaya training is to cultivate awareness, mindfulness. It's not to just uh, recondition us into Buddhist monks. And this was very much what Lung Po Cha was pointing at because his emphasis on Bhattibhattan meditation was also the, the main emphasis. This was repeated over and over again to use the situation you're in the way it is for aware, with awareness, with sati and panya, awareness and wisdom. The problems that we have in in the world are very much because of this, there's there's lack of wisdom. There's a lot of ideas, good ideas, not very good ideas, a lot of commitment to political positions or uh, positions that we take on religion. <clears throat> and these always create conflict because there's always something opposite, something that, that doesn't agree with our particular view. But in Panya, we're aware of that, aware of when we're holding a view is like this, where we have views, we have opinions just like anyone else, but we're not we're not operating from taking positions and views, but from reflecting on it. Because views and opinions are conditions, are sankharas, they arise and cease. And our relationship to sankhara through wisdom is to know sankhara is like this. It is uh, something that it is anichang tukang anatta. So that we can perform through the daily life that we live in, in Wat Pa Pong, the, the, the morning chanting, the bindabat, the preparations for the meal, the, the washing of the bowls, the making of robes, the work in the afternoon, the evening puja. Uh, it was quite a busy day, but when I complained to Lumpur Cha years ago about I didn't have time to meditate. He he started laughing at me, and he pointed asked another monk, "There's tomatoes." Says he doesn't have time to meditate. And they all started laughing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, 
I realized it was somehow missing the point of my life. This, uh, <clears throat> looking back, I realized what a firm foundation those 10 years training with Lung Pha Cha uh, in Northeast Thailand, well, the effect they had, you know, it, it was subtle, it wasn't kind of, uh, you know, weren't given instructions on how to do it. You were just expected to conform and and reflect. And and one of the important experiences I had was the experience of gratitude or katanyu gatawaiti. Um, when so much of my uh, early meditation practice was based on me trying to attain and achieve uh, uh, samadhi, get jhanas, uh, get the become a stream enterer and so forth. There was so much a sense of the conditioned, the culturally conditioned attitude of of attaining and achieving. And I found anything that got in the way, I resented and tended to have negative reactions too. And then after my sixth bath, I went to India on a on a tudong, on a, I was testing out whether one could still live as a bhikkhu, a Buddhist monk in India, depending on alms. So I spent five months in India, uh, <clears throat> traveling uh, as best I could. We didn't have any lay supporter or any, I didn't know anyone in India at the time. But it was in India that I suddenly began to think of all that I'd received by uh, through Lung Po Chai at Wat Pong and the monks, the monks I trained with, and the Thai people in general, who the lay villagers, the the town townspeople, who were always providing the food and the requisites, and. Suddenly, I felt this incredible sense of gratitude arise, like a, I call it a heart-opening experience. Before, my heart seemed to be more like a tight fist closed up. I had one, but it wasn't very open. <laughs> and then, after that, it was like like it opened up wide, and I, all I could think of at the time was returning to uh, live at Wat Pa Pong, and try to be a, a good disciple to Lung Po Cha. That was my intention after my sixth vas on my experience of, of alms, mendic alms mendic mendicancy uh, in traveling in India. And that made a whole lot of difference in, in, uh, in developing samadhi and so forth. When the heart is open, you can't get very far with with selfishness and uh, the sense of attainment. Uh, it doesn't take you to liberation. So the, the alms mendicant, the samana, is, is one who is content. So contentment, as William Blake once said, contentment is heaven itself. And contentment is not a value that is highly regarded in the Western world, which is achieving and attaining. 
And contentment can seem like passivity and stupidity. But in the seminar life that we live, it's learning to reflect on discontentment, the suffering we create through wanting things we don't have or not wanting things to be the way they are. And so we, we train ourselves to think, I have a shelter for the night. You know, whatever uh, kuti or uh, assignment was given to us, we, we reflect on it. We didn't always like it. Doesn't mean about liking, but it was a shelter for the night, and then this sense of katanyu, katawaiti, would arise, and you feel this this sense of gratitude and thanking. Same with the robes, the food, the the alms food that we we receive every day through the kindness and generosity of the lay community, which has allowed the Samana community, the monastic community, to survive 2,560 years. It's through that, through the, this, this generosity that is the very basis of happiness in life that, that uh, this tradition has survived. Through the goodness of humanity, through 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 the intentions of the monastics to live the holy life, to realize nibbana, and we might think of nibbana as uh, in the terms of thinking, it's very high. You know, we tend to place it at the highest point. But notice the thinking process is about structure, isn't it? You've got the highest, the lowest, the medium, the middle way. <clears throat> and so, the high, when uh, the Buddha attained Nibbana, what was it that he realized? Was was he floating up in a cloud or was it uh, some some high blissful state of refined concentration? Or was it realization? Letting go of ignorance, letting go of avicca. So it's the realized nibbana is the practice of letting go of uh, just blind attachments and and attitudes that, from the, the ego level to the culturally conditioned problems we have, and our own thinking process to to realize the true nature is with us all the time. It's not something high up that we can't reach. We can create that illusion if we think about it. So the gratitude and contentment are, are the foundation of the holy life. Without that, we, we can't, we can find no joy or peace in the life because of, of uh, the way we, we can think about getting something we don't have or getting or not accepting the way things are. So this gathering of the Sangha today is, uh, is uh, greatly appreciated. I haven't been able to uh, participate in, in very much of it, but I've kept uh, in contact through various other monks. Everything's going quite well. And uh, I wish to express my, my gratitude to every one of you.